You are listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. to the Moisture Festival podcast. I am Matthew Baker, and I perform a comedy stunt show at the Moisture Festival. And I'm Louie Fox, and I perform a comedy magic show and hand shadow puppets at the Moisture Festival. If you're new to this program and don't know exactly what the Moisture Festival is, the Moisture Festival is a four-week festival celebrating the variety arts, and it happens in the city of Seattle. They've got the new venue, which is the Broadway Performance Hall. Now, this is the largest festival of its kind in the world and features some of the best entertainers and comedians working today. The festival happens in the months of March and April, and not only do they have world-class variety acts, the Moisture Festival also hosts a week of burlesque shows. Yeah. Now, if you're listening to this during the festival or around festival time, be sure to get tickets now because 95% of the shows sell out. You can get tickets to all of the shows by visiting the website moisturefestival.org. On today's episode, we have La Petite Mort joining us via Zoom. Yeah, we learn about playing the violin and what a mall model is. Yeah, we learn how her humble beginnings in, in Yakima led her to being a producer and performance artist in Seattle. And we also learn a lot about rave culture. And get give Matt some parenting tips. <laughs> Yes. All right. Uh, Really great interview. You're going to love it. Let's get to it. Yep. All right, today's guest is a Seattle-based performance artist who specializes in macabre and has been dubbed Seattle's queen of gorlesque. She is a dancer, a violinist, a songstress, and a striptease artist. She has produced shows at the Moisture Festival and all over the Pacific Northwest, including an ongoing show in Seattle called Morbid Curiosities. We welcome La Petite Mort. Did your homework. Did, Did I pronounce that right? Is that La Petite Mort? Yeah, it depends on how like American you want to say it or if you want to go like full French. I didn't take French in class or in school, so I have no idea like really how well I'm saying it, but it's like la petite mot. So like oh, you're gonna a... drop the T is what gotcha. I've been told. And that Not means the brief it. loss or weakening of consciousness. Is that the is that where that comes from? Well, I'm gonna keep it PG thirteen. Um <laughs> it is a state that many of us have in our lifetimes. I did read that alternate meaning. <laughs> But it works because, you know, I'm small and I do macabre stuff. So real quick, how do you describe what you do? Good question. Um, So like I I don't really consider myself a burlesque performer. Um, I consider myself a performance artist because I think there's a there's more freedom to be a performance artist. So like anything weird or inspiring. And um, like, for an example, one of the acts I did last week at Morbid Curiosities was um, my my 
band, I guess. I have a rotating group of musicians that I work with. And um, we sang this acapella song. And then I had two handmaidens cut my uh, lace dress off as we were all singing this acapella song. So it's like just weird performance art, I think is the best way to describe it. Okay. Um, and then sometimes there's burlesque and then sometimes I'll play violin and sometimes I'll sing. So it's kind of all over the place, but it's like whatever I find inspiring. How long have you been playing the violin? Since fourth grade. Oh, wow. I, I took a big break. Uh, Cause you know, when you're like drinking age, you're not thinking about, you know, practicing your violin. So I went through the bar star phase and then I picked it back up again. I want to say like in my thirties. So there's, I'd say like 20 years, I can't, or 10 years. I can't say that I actually was playing. Um, but yeah, I've been playing it for a long time and I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm good, but I, I do. All right. You pull it out in shows. Hey, you're yeah. a performance artist. It's, yeah, uh, exactly. you know, it does, you know, it's a different type of violin. Yeah, I perform, but it's really interesting because my husband's a musician. And so he plays with people that are like fiddlers and they play, you know, with bands and stuff. And so since I was classically trained, I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. Like, can you give me sheet music, please? Because this doesn't make sense. So like, I do feel like I'm at a disadvantage when it comes to that aspect, but I can read sheet music. So the word macabre came up a lot in uh, the descriptions of what you do. Can you describe what macabre is to the people who are listening who might not know? Yeah, it like the connotation is kind of like morbid and having to deal with the death and things like that. And a lot of times, you know, I'll do like skeleton makeup and, and stuff like that, just because to me, I always joke, I'm not goth. I just like dead things. I'm really fascinated by like scary movies. And, you know, I have, I have like real skulls and stuff in my house. And I just really like art around morbid things. You've got a skull right behind you. I do. I think... It's like a, it's a weird bunny skull or something like <laughs> sugar skull. Yeah, I got, this room is filled. I have dog skulls in here. It's, it's pretty bananas. <laughs> Where did you decide to sort of start integrating in that sort of macabre or the things that you're interested in into your performance art? I started, I started out with modeling because in high school I always wanted to model. So um, I remember I tried out for like the mall models when I was like 16 and I didn't make it and I was heartbroken. So I was like, I can do this. So I, uh, I like went out and, and started working with, you know, independent designers and photographers and stuff. So I was doing a bunch of modeling and I hated all of the square stuff. Like I really didn't love, you know, like I didn't want to walk for Nordstrom's. I wanted to walk for like the, the weird designers that had like latex and stuff. So like it really started showing in my art early on. And um, so then when I started like doing more photo shoots and stuff, it really started showing through in there. And then I was doing a lot of runway and they were like, hey, can you wear these pasties? And can you like lip sync and take your clothes off? And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? So that's kind of how the burlesque started. I wasn't like by choice. It just kind of happened. And then I was like, oh, well, if I'm going to do this thing, like I'm going to put my own weird mix in the, the method. And so that's when I just started um, pulling in like what inspired me. Because like you can't do what doesn't inspire you. And it was kind of like when I was doing photo shoots. So it's like, here, where are these Nordstrom clothes? I was like, this isn't working for me. So I was mm. like, I'm going to do this art that inspires me because when you're not inspired it doesn't it doesn't work now how long have you been doing burlesque oh my gosh um i think my first act ever was like 2004 2005 around there back then because you see so you kind of you you know you got introduced to it through modeling sort of but back yeah. then in 2004 i think the online communities weren't worth they were how did you find this scene it was literally just doing runway and they were like you're cute, throw these pasties on, do this thing. And I was like, okay. But then how did you find spaces to perform it? I took a very long break, very, very long break. 
Um, and so I didn't really get back into it around uh, 2010 when it was like more prevalent because 2004, it was like still kind of underground. And I think it was at the catwalk where I was doing a lot of these fashion shows and stuff. So it, it was easy to find like in 2004 in those kinds of circles. Um, I think that a lot of the, the burlesque performers from back then were secretly goth. But like nowadays, like 2010, it was a lot easier to find mm. stuff going on. And I did have to pretend to be a burlesque performer to like break into more shows. And now I can be like, sure, you want to book me? I'm going to do this weird thing where I pop blood balloons and it'll be a big mess. And they're like, sure. So it, it worked out. It worked to my advantage. Wait, is that, hold on. Is popping blood balloons Gallagore? Oh my gosh. I know <laughs> Gallagore uh, was back in like 2010, 20, 2009, where I, uh, I filled um, fruit with fake blood and then proceeded to wear the little, you know, like black and white striped shirt and like the little booty shorts. And I, I squashed the fruit. The um, sledgeomatic. I, I did. I sledgehammered the fruit. I think that was at rebar because no place would let me do it. And so they actually gave the front row like plastic and stuff. So like that, did show. that did happen. Well, they do that. At, Gallagher used to do that at his actual show. He would put, give the first rows like tarps or, you know, ponchos or something to wear. Evil Dead, the musical too. They do that. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. How did Gallagher go over? I think it went well. It was, I was in a Gorlesque troupe. It was the only troupe I've ever been in. It's the only troupe I ever will be in. Um, it was fun. I think it went over well, but we had to clean up afterwards. And that was the fun part. Blood balloons. That, that, I mean, I wouldn't call that Gallagher, but that's a fun one. It's like the classic, uh, the classic balloon burlesque number, but with blood in the balloons. Well, now, now the Gallagher's uh, just passed away. You should bring it back and tribute. I know. We just got a new venue in, in West Seattle. I bet he would let me do it. So when you pitch the act to different like shows, are you normally an act in a show or are you your own show? Uh, I do both. Um, I don't do a ton of other people's shows, other producer shows. Right now, like there's not, we're not back to the like glory we were at before the pandemic, but I try to save up for the big ones. That's why I like Moisture Festival. I, I kind of like, I, I, I'm not as young as I used to be. So it's like, <laughs> um, I do my show. I have a new monthly, Morbid Curiosities. And then like, you know, if there's something that looks exciting, I'll submit for it or they'll reach out to me. I don't do festivals, but it's it's kind of a mix of things that I'm excited about, like Moisture Festival. I'm trying to think what else I'm excited about coming up. I'll just plug Moisture Festival for now. <laughs> There's actually an act I really want to submit for. They usually like invite you to submit first. And um, I don't have it on on video yet, but I'm set on tape. That really dates me. Uh, but it's with my husband and it's another violin number. And it's very funny. And we did it for Cat Robichaux's um, Misfit Cabaret. And I think it's I think it's perfect for, for Moisture Festival. Does Is your husband in all of the shows that you produce or all of your performances? Is he a integral part to everything or do you do stuff aside from him uh well producing we only produce together for acts it's not always that we do them together but a lot of times it's just easier when you have a musician like live music's better than canned so yeah we just work together a lot when he's on tour i just i just curated Seif a couple weeks ago and so he was on tour so i did that by myself but i'd be like okay what do you think of this and he's like yeah yeah yeah. and he like did the write-up for it so he's always always um ingrained in my art and some that's some awesome way. as i say right now i'm working on what acts we're going to do for the next monthly and he's like nope how's that an act add more what's the story i'm like oh so everything i do that's is nice influence add, add more that... blood balloons yeah, yeah more blood bring back gallagher <laughs> no he shook his head when i told him about that he's like no oh man i'm all about it and how did you two meet uh a show it was um it's really ridiculous and sappy. I had I was listening to Last FM again. This dates me, um, and I heard the song, and it was the 
peculiar pretzelman's version of Marie Laveau. And I'm like, what is this magic? And then I went to look at the picture because, you know, on Last of Them, they show you pictures of the band like rotating. And I was like, hello, this handsome gentleman. So then I got offered a gig they were playing at. And the only reason I took the gig was because they were playing and I wanted to see them live. It was Halloween and I have, you know, a brood of children. So I normally wouldn't take a Halloween gig, but I took it. We saw each other. It was love at first sight. Um, We're both in relationships. So it was very complicated. At some point, he said to his bandmate, who was like his his like, you know, platonic life partner. He was like, that woman is going to be trouble for me. So here we are. I'm I'm trouble. Wait, so so you were the person who saw a picture and then you were like, I'm going to find that guy. Yeah. All right, all right. I was in my peak. Stephen King movies about that. (laughs) I know. I was in my peak. I was looking really good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you see the show in Derry? (laughs) No, but it was at um, it was at Columbia City Theater, so that space is super near and dear to me. So they're not doing a lot of shows right now, so it's a bummer. But that's where we met. We met on Halloween of 2011. We decided to get married on Halloween 2012. Like we like we actually proposed to each other on Halloween of 2012. Hey, I know what we should do next year for Halloween. We went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was it. So it wasn't like some big romantic gesture. We just decided. And then we got married on Halloween 2013 in um, Spooked in Seattle, which is a it's like the the walking tour ghost story, like, you know, like their their home base or whatever. So we got married in a chapel down there. I don't so have any pictures. Was, was, was it mid tour? <laughs> yes, it was the end of tour. <laughs> Wait, did he live in Seattle? Um, it was rough because he was living in LA and I was in Seattle. So it was about a year of him being back and forth. Oh man! And, um, the band, the drummer is still in LA. So when they tour, the drummer has to fly up here and then they tour out of Seattle. Gotcha. But like, I got to do an argument with the sound guy the other day. Cause he's like the Seattle based band. And I was like, they're LA based. And then like, and I was like, don't say you're from Seattle. People are just going to think you're a grunge band and you're, you're, you're more than that. So it was like, yeah, there's a little bit more, uh, cachet to LA I think yeah yeah know. especially when you're on tour in eastern Washington like yeah. <laughs> like oh you came from Seattle. oh yeah right big deal I just tell people I'm a Kent-based act and that seems to work <laughs> <laughs> I don't tell people I live in Burien oh no cut that out I'm just kidding I tell people I live in Burien. bleep that bad boy <laughs> well you are not from Seattle originally though where are you from no I came from the distant lands of Yakima and eastern yeah. Washington yeah which is Palm Springs of Washington. <laughs> they crossed that out long ago. Oh, they did? Is that sign's no longer there? No, no, it's there. It's just oh. they crossed out Palm Springs and put armpit. So oh, I okay. view it as the armpit of Washington because I grew up there. How did you end up out here in Seattle? So I actually uh, started raving a lot in the late mid to late 90s. And so I was in Seattle like every weekend. So do you have a pacifier? I feel like <laughs> no, I wasn't a candy kid. I was a candy kid. <laughs> I was into techno and drum and bass. Thank you. So oh, what's been... what music does the pacifier people listen to? Um, I mean, it's just a style, but I okay. want to say okay. like if you're into like happy hardcore, I feel like the the like candy jewelry and the, the pacifiers are a little more prevalent or gravers i was more like a graver a, a graver that's yeah, everyone i've heard that yeah. <laughs> what's a graver like a 1790s robber <laughs> it's, a, it's like a goth raver so i was more into like the dark colors and then i didn't really do the candy I, you know i i dabbled but it wasn't really my vibe <laughs> a graver candy yes. curious <laughs> yeah so you would come to seattle for 
shows and raves were modeling. So you were modeling in Yakima. Is that sort of? I tried. I tried. I didn't make okay. mall models. I got got denied. Right, hang on. What what is mall models? Literally like the mall where they they get models. They like you, they have tryouts and then they pick you to just model clothes from the different stores. So it was just like like the local mall. You you do runway for the local shops and that was like it. But like was, uh, they have like a zoomies runway. or something. Yeah yeah like zoomies and Nordstroms and stuff. And I was so heartbroken. Um, my senior pictures are like me and like the like outdoors, just like doing like these model poses and everything. Um, yeah, I, I really leaned in. Um, what? so I was like, wait, I, hold on, hold on. I've never heard of this. I haven't I've, ne- I've never heard of a mall, mall showcase. Mall, mall. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. That's a thing. Or is that just a Yakima specific? I don't know. I have no idea, but like, because you know, karma, the mall's been shut down for like 20 years. Take like, that mall. <laughs> Yeah, they've been closed for a long time. It just sits there empty now. Um, it's because I didn't make mall model back in the day. <laughs> the thing that would have pushed them over the edge. Yeah, it was me. It was all me. Um, so raves, I was like go going a little bit and stuff like that. And and so I was I was trying to break into mall to modeling, and I remember an agency was like, "If you pay us money," and I was like, "I know better." So then I just kind of went independent and like started doing stuff. So can't do much. How was the graving? scene in seattle today i it changed like i kind of like i got i got pregnant when i was i'm not gonna say i'll do this um i got pregnant and i had chloe in 2001 and so i kind of like i was going to, to rave still pregnant and everything but i was like i'm done uh also didn't have any child care so i really had yeah. to stop because you can't really bring a baby to a rave i mean you can't well, already got the pacifier you know i don't know if it's legal <laughs> like i don't know i like thinking about it maybe i made the wrong choice there just like some serious you know, like yeah, some heavy duty. Yeah, you weren't yeah. in the ravenant scene. <laughs> <laughs> no, Matt, this is all pro tips for you on how to okay. bring baby. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, by the time I was done, I think that things started changing because, like, when I was going, it was kind of new to the West Coast. Like, the East Coast was already over it. Um, but like the West Coast, it was like new and fun, and everyone was dancing, and it was fun. And by the time I kind of left the scene, people weren't really dancing anymore. And I was like, mm. "This is why I come. I cover the dancing. This is this sucks. I'm out." So I kind of <laughs> stopped. Plus the baby, you know. Plus the baby, and there was a baby. <laughs> and there was a baby, which is funny. She's going to raves now. I'm like, not not a baby. Uh, you know, she's when she turned like 16, she started going to raves, and I'm like, oh my god, it's come full circle. I feel so old right now. Have you gone Aww. to a rave with your kid? Someday. I haven't done it yet. Oh, but I just took my daughter to Guar and it was amazing. Like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would take her to Guar. She's into these bands I don't know. Oh, and she's she's working. She wants to be a tattoo artist and she's working with this one tattooist. And apparently he's a big fan of my husband's band, The Peculiar Pretzelman. And uh, so he was like, what? Your dad's a peculiar pretzelman. Oh, my God. So it was like this moment where she's like, yeah, my dad's a peculiar pretzelman. <laughs> He's like, I have all their CDs. And she's like, you should come see a show sometime. And then she goes, what's well, a I... CD? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> it's got to be interesting to uh, have cool parents who do cool stuff that, you know, strangers admire. I don't know if your kids appreciate it, but then when they witness people in awe of you, when they meet yeah. people, it's got to be a, kind of a weird mind mind trip. It is. And it's funny because sometimes I'm like, you're so lucky. You don't know how cool and like awesome your parents are. And there's been a couple times where her friends have seen Kevin and I and they're like, oh, my God, your parents are hot. And she's like, ew, stop it. Ew. Uh, so, yeah, it's I, I don't know. I can't I can't speak for them, but 
I mean, in their days, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. It's it's cool. So speaking of this kind of, I mean, obviously your real name's not La Petite Mort. Uh, how do you separate? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I've legally changed it. Whoa. <laughs> how do you separate your personal life versus your work life? Not necessarily work life, but your, your I mean, by work, by your performance life. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess there's kind of three me's, but they're all you know, the, the same at its core. I have my corporate day job. I have a very, uh, very corporate, uh, I'm do a director. They, do many of them know what you do? Ish, ish. Okay. Uh, I used to be super open about it because I work in tech and so people don't really care. But um, I used to be super open about it. And I remember one time the head of IT showed up to a show and was like, hey, and I was like, he's like, I came to see you. And I was uh -huh. like, oh, so I was fine with it. <laughs> I, but I think I've gotten a little bit more of a prude in my old age. Um, and then there's the parent me. And so like, I love kids. I went to school for early childhood education and stuff. So like, I, I like to think I'm a good parent. Um, my One of my kids just got busted for going to a party. Uh, and drinking and cops came and everything so you know i had to have the talk about let's just be responsible if you're gonna drink whiskey don't drink fireball that's crap booze oh, like gross. you should be drinking better booze than that yeah um have some taste and always be near a fence you can jump to get out of there before the cops <laughs> yeah 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 given given her the pro tips no i'm kidding i did say the thing about the booze but you know it's like it's so it's it's weird but it's like that cool parent thing like I'm the cool corporate director and, you know, the cool parent and everything. But, you know, at the core, it's still me. I still watch horror movies with my kids all the time. Um, for, like, Halloween stuff at work, we add, like, our favorite backgrounds. And I have, like, the shining hallway. You know, so it's, like, at its core, I'm still this weird, morbid human. Um, and it just kind of goes through all of my facets of my life. Do you ever, like, in a situation where you're, like, at the PTA meeting, someone's like, hey, I saw your show last. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> uh only at kid birthday parties i won't go to the pta meetings like i i can't do that i'm an introvert too so it's like hilariously so it's just like i can't do pta meetings um but yeah at birthday parties i'm like ixnay on the oobs bay please <laughs> you're an introvert how, how does that work with uh doing what you do i mean it seems pretty you got to be out there to do it yeah. Yeah, it's exhausting, uh, but there's like you're on or you're off. So like when I have to go promote or do shows or, you know, go mingle, it's like you're on. And so you kind of have to separate that. And then I need like a day to recover. And Kevin gotcha. is also an introvert. So it's kind of nice. We can re we can like recharge together, but it's really hard. And people don't understand what it's like to be an introvert. They're like, let's hang out all the time. And it's like, I can't. Oh, my gosh, I, can't <laughs> I need I need a minute. <laughs> It's interesting. I'm going to name some of the shows that I read that you produced, and then you can tell us what it is. And because they're fascinating titles, what's Disney After Dark? Oh, yeah. I didn't produce these. These I performed. Oh, okay. Um, a Disney After Dark, it was like the the darker side of the Disney shows. It was really fun. Like, I like did the what? Like, is this like Quentin Tarantino alternate history stuff? <laughs> it's like a lot of the um like the villains i saw a lot of the villains i saw a haunted mansion act i did the rose one because uh it fits for the um beauty and the beast the dying rose so the act i did for um moisture festival i was like you know i was a rose playing violin and i plucked my petals off as i'm dying um and so it like worked for beauty and the beast did i say the title right is it stripped and screwed disney after dark or is it just yeah. disney after a oh, stripped and screwed yeah, yeah, that's they are. Uh, that's a troop, and they are now uh, split. But I think that one of them still produces Disney After Dark. Again, pandemic times, things have been a little bit. Yeah, yeah. What is 
Anthology of Erotic Esoterica. Oh, that's my baby. Oh, and that's where you both performed. Um, so that one is, it's, it's, it's a big mix of variety. Uh, we stumbled into this venue. Um, it was called Atelier and then changed names to Palace. Or at first it was, it was Atelier Conservatory and then the Palace. And um, we stumbled in and it's got the the bare brick walls and this half round stage. Oh, yeah. and, and they in Georgetown, have, right? Yeah. And they used to have Edison lights everywhere and yeah. like taxidermy. And I was like, this is my home now. You will let me have it. And they were like, yeah, yeah. This is a match made in heaven. So I think we we ran for four years before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and we're looking to have a comeback this February. We're just still... Um, uh, we're deciding on the venue. We haven't we haven't picked the perfect one yet. Is that that's not that's no longer there that specific venue? No, the uh, the hot dog place next door bought it and it is now oh. just a pool room. <laughs> oh yeah. What's funny is that that venue used to be my buddy's wood studio really? back in the yeah back in the day. Well, in a weird like serendipity, one of the people that almost bought it. Um, before it was sold to become the palace, is actually the owner of the venue we're at now. Oh, so, cool. So we we're talking about it. And so it's like, oh my gosh, we're destined to be together. Yeah. I guess I should give a plug for we're at Two Fingers Social in West Seattle right now. And it's kind of like it's a movie bar. Um, so we're leaning into the like grindhouse horror movie vibe. Yeah, it's a cool spot. It's <laughs> I would say it's more white center Seattle. Oh, I tried West to say Seattle. it was white center and I got corrected heavily by like how what do you mean? It's white, it's 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 like two blocks from the downtown white center. Yeah, well, I guess Roxbury is the line, so it's two blocks out of white center, and so oh, I got so. corrected. Unincorporated white center. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I know because yeah, white right? center this is perfect for grindhouse, and I was like all excited. I'm like, yeah, and it's like this is West Seattle, it's fine. So in another show, uh, Misfit Cabaret. Yeah, that was the one at Hales. Uh, she was on, I think, The Voice or something like that. Cat um, Show. And so she, oh. I think, does shows between California and Seattle. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I did the number that I want to do for Moisture Festival this next year, which is the, it's like a violin playing automaton. And I am very um, wired incorrectly. And so... Um, my husband tries to, you know, fix me and, and like naughty madness ensues. <laughs> I mean, that's gotta be pretty cool to, I mean, how, how many other sort of duo are out there that's one's a musician and one's a dancer that, that there's got, I don't know of many that I've seen. I don't know. I, that's a good That'd be pretty unique to you two. I, I will say it. Well, I did some research. I've been trying um, to find if there's any other stripping violinists in the world. And I, I mean, there's got to be, but I haven't been able to to find anybody. Um, I, I know somebody, he's the he's the fiddler for the squirrel nut zippers. And I'm like, if you find one, oh, yeah. me, you're all over the place. And he's incredible. He's incredible. Was he's it Mr. Weird or something like that? Or doctors? Yeah. I'm not plugging. I'm not Dr. Oh, Sister. sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Plugging other people. Just, yeah. Um, but like, yeah. So I'm like, if you see anybody, you have to tell me. And so I have not been able to confirm that there's another one. So I'm gotcha. giving the title of the only stripping violinist in the world. Nice. But costuming, costuming is hard. Anyways, what? I was going to say, what about a stripping fiddler? That I don't know. Count? It sounds like some devil goes down to Georgia stuff right there. I would think that would be pretty difficult because you have to keep your chin sort of up on the thing. And it's got to get a thing over the shoulder. Drummer, stripping drummer might be a little easier. Yeah. The trick is magnets. Lots of oh, magnets. Yeah, right? magnets. Now, okay, let's get into, like the engineering of like your costumes. 
it, yeah. it, I mean, now that you bring that up, I never really thought about that is there's a lot more to it than just taking something off. Yeah, well, uh, magnets, uh, zippers, and one of the things is sometimes because of the magnets um, on my bow, there's a little end piece that's metal, and sometimes the the magnets will get stuck on my bow, so I have to be really careful. <laughs> uh, so just like a lot of the stuff I have to be able to do with my right hand for the most part, because that's your bowing arm. Um, so it's like you just have oh, yeah. to have to like reverse engineer things so it'll work, and it's not always the easiest, and it's not always easy to find a seamstress that will work with magnets has been my big challenge. Now, when you're coming up with a new piece to perform, what's the trajectory of like, I have an idea, I need to make the costume or I need to practice it. What's like the, what's the order of events and how long does that normally take to get to stage? Ooh, it really depends on the number. Uh, The Rose one um, that I did for Moisture Festival and Misfit Cabaret. Um, I've done a couple other times. I don't do it super often because like it, it, being an introvert, it takes a lot to like go play violin on stage. It was probably like two months from contacting seamstress, like giving her the ideas what I wanted to like having it in hand. Then it went to the rhinestoner, gave her another like month and then like practicing diligently to make sure that I don't embarrass myself. So it can, it's usually like if you're getting something custom made, it's going to be at least like three months at least. Gotcha. There's a rhinestoner. Yeah, because I'm I don't have the patience. I can't I don't have the patience to sew rhinestone. Like that's not my thing. Gotcha. Um so I I have a rhinestone. I have my stoner. <laughs> now when you're rehearsing, do you rehearse in costume? Like, or is that do you just sort of walk through it and then when you go on stage, that's the first time you're doing it in costume? Oh God, don't ever do that. That's terrible. <laughs> I do that too all the time. I know, so do I. <laughs> I can see you not practicing the catch knife, baby. Um I, no, no, it's like I just Usually you do the movements and then you work in the costuming to to get it all together. Um, but there are times I will admit because when you do a monthly show, sometimes you got to make those new acts fast and furious. So yeah. I have to work with what I have, and so sometimes I'll only get to run it like twice with the costuming. And like the one that I did a couple weeks ago, where um, the handmaidens cut my dress off, like I could only do that once in costume. So like you know it was day of. Yeah. Um, but you should rehearse in your costume because you never know if it's like you're supposed to lift your arm for something really important and it's too tight you know it's like it's not gonna look good and then they cut your achilles yeah yeah i gave him i gave him safety scissors okay. oh gotcha <laughs> so, so they couldn't cut them at all <laughs> yeah i think ahead i'm a planner now how many do you have like a wardrobe full of costumes like how many acts do you have Oh, I don't know. I can't answer that question. I know most people have like a set number of acts that they do and then you always add or retire some. But because of the shows, I have to keep coming up with new ones based on the show themes. Uh, so I'd say I probably have like six regular ones that I bust out mm-hmm. and then like never ending number of like, OK, the theme this month is <clears throat> I will tell you what the theme is for the show. It's Hellraiser. Uh, it's got like a Hellraiser BDSM theme. And so it's like, all right, what do I have in my catalog that works for this? So like I have to come up with a new song. I have to take through my clothes to see what works. Um, so that kind of thing. How do you like cat? I mean, essentially, like you said, catalog the acts you've already had. Do you have like a database or you just go through the closet and go, that's the this outfit. That's the that outfit. That's this outfit. This is the that outfit. And so I forget sometimes. Um, and so I just like, I'll open up my wardrobe and I'll just stare at things and go, oh yeah, yeah. And then I'll like, you know, think about it. And it's funny because a lot of the acts that I have are um, things that you can only do once, like the blood balloons. So I have to buy new balloons. And then we have one, a Christmas act where I am a giant Christmas list and uh, we like 
rip it and you know stuff like that so it's like we have to make it every time so like i really have to dig deep into the memory banks to remember what we have what are some uh, failed ideas that you're like you've gone through all the process and then you just went through the rehearsal you're like there's no way this is gonna work or there's no way anyone's gonna like this or i don't feel right about this i think it's usually costuming i'll be like and i'll put something together and like in my mind it's great and then i'll i'll like rehearse and i'll put it on and i'm like i hate this i hate this mm. so much and honestly a lot of times it's color i can't I have a hard time with wearing like bright colors i like red uh but it has to be mostly black or else i'm like i feel like an imposter this is yeah. not me i don't like it so it's it's just costumes what is miss Moore and her fabulous bunker bugs <laughs> uh so during the pandemic we decided that um well one of the things we we pride ourselves on is like we pay performers well and um once we couldn't do the anthology anymore because the pandemic we took it to live streaming and we continued to pay performers well um and so one of the things was we built this entire world um around like uh where we were and we were all staying indoors and so we we're like you know what we're in a bunker so we started this whole concept of like we're in a bunker we're gonna do this live stream show so we're doing two shows we we're doing anthology light and then we're doing dead finger radio so dead finger radio was mostly musicians and then me and the bunker bugs and uh, my husband would make some insane videos as well um <laughs> i can't remember the name of it but there's one that i'm like don't ever show me that again and he loves it like it's it's great it's like <laughs> high art i'm just like never do that again anyways so um we decided that my backup band because we are in a bunker and we are all hiding out uh that we couldn't have humans because that would be like against the world that we're in so i got radioactive raccoons so the bunker bugs are my radioactive raccoons um and so we started just doing all of the videos with them and they're like they're bad uh they're basically loveys that we like stuck googly eyes on yeah. and they play instruments and stuff um i do have new bunker bugs that i had um, made they're like new bandmates um, yeah yeah they actually like can move and play instruments and stuff um i would like to take it live i would like to be able to do like can music where i can sing and the bunker bugs can puppet in the background yeah yeah um so yeah that's the was it isn't there a metal robotic metal band that's the chuck e cheese band oh yes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i confuse them all the time yeah. it's like that Listen yeah, because I, I watched a couple of the videos. And I saw Tainted Love, and then there was another one, and uh, it was very cool with like yeah. the little. I didn't know what those were. Yeah, I didn't oh, know yeah, it was a raccoon actually. Oh, oh there was one. Oh yeah, that's uh, Professor Licorice, I think, and it's just like a mask with the salad tongs. They're salad tongs that are skeleton hands. Ah, that's what those are. Because it's hard <laughs> with the loveys to show them like playing instruments. So we did the salad tongue mask man to try to like do more with the keyboard. Yeah, it's awesome. And you can see that on your YouTube and also dead. What'd you say? Dead finger radio dead finger radio and on my website, glitterandgore.com. But okay. glitter and gore is like maybe maybe R rated. I don't know. I don't know what you call that. I didn't think it was R rated. I thought okay, it, was, okay. you know, it was appropriate. It was, it was well, uh, yeah, PG-13. Yeah, and one of the videos had like, uh, how old are you? Are you old enough to oh, do yeah. this? Who, yeah. Who's the first president you voted for? <laughs> if there's Tatas, it has one of those. Yeah, so that, yeah. that's the same. We did <laughs> Darling Nikki. That one was fun. We did um, Tainted Love. Uh, we did A Christmas. Um, Baby, it's cold outside. Uh, it, they're weird. They're super weird. And Yeah, fun. one I watched was you You two were ghosts. And, oh, I uh, love that one. It's... Yeah. Um, uh, Oh, I'll think of it in a minute. I always forget. It's an elephant. Uh, paper moon or something. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. yeah. Paper moon. That was awesome. So, how did how did you come to the moisture festival? 
I've always wanted to do it. Uh, it it's just like, it, you know, we all get imposter syndrome from time to time. And I remember when I was in that terrible Gorlesk troop back in the day, they're like, we're going to submit for moisture festival. And I was like, you crazy people, this is classy that we are trashy. Like you will <laughs> never get accepted. So it was something that I always wanted to do, but I was, I was like, mm, I'm not good enough. Um, and I didn't ever think they'd want any of my weird performance art, but I submitted the um, the violin number, you know, playing as the rose and it got accepted and I was really excited. And so I think that, you know, doing something I was excited about, something different that most people don't do, they liked me. So it, it happened. It's a match made in heaven. And how did it go? Because you had to wait a little bit because you were uh, accepted right before 2020 yeah. and then that year got canceled. Uh, yeah. well, I gained a little weight during the pandemic, you know, so it was, uh, I had to do some sit-ups before the show. So that happened. <laughs> Um, I did see that in your YouTube favorites, a bunch of workout videos. Yes. In your, in your YouTube favorites. Oh, no, you can see that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was working out. Uh, I, I went really deep into plants and uh, skincare, so not a lot of, of exercise. Um, yeah, so it was accepted, and I'm super happy, and now I got my foot in the door, so I'm hoping that when they they ask for a submission this year, I can send that other one, and I'll I'll, I'll be in. Yeah. The process on the burlesque side, because we are involved in the variety side. Mm -hmm. um, do Like when they go through and they watch like too weird, too blood. <laughs> I know. Oh, That's yeah. why I didn't, I didn't submit blood balloons to Moisture Festival. I didn't think they would, they would go for that. But I oh yeah. Who knows? That's, that's that's for sure. That's they'd go for that in a second. Yeah, because there's some weird variety stuff that trashes the stage. Yeah. <laughs> really? Okay. All right. I feel like glitter. Glitter's worse than blood balloons. Yeah, I mean, blood you can wipe up. Glitter is forever. Exactly. <laughs> so if people people want to see uh see what you're working on, they can go to your website glitterandgore.com. Uh, Miss La, La Petite Mort is your Instagram. Also, yeah. that is your handle for YouTube. <laughs> Where else can people find you, or what uh, what are you working on that people can check out? So we have a new monthly because, like I said, we stumbled upon this West Seattle venue, not White Center, West Seattle venue, Two Fingers Social. And the way I explain it is we went there once and we were like checking it out. Like, this place is awesome. And we're like, we do shows. This is cool. Like, maybe we should do something. And then the next time we came by, it was in September. It was on my birthday. And he was like, OK, we have to do this. Let's do it like in two weeks. We're like, we can't do it that fast. <laughs> and so um, my story is that we went there and he wouldn't let us leave until we agreed to do a monthly show. So we decided to do every second Friday so we could catch all the Friday the 13th. Oh, that's and cool. Yeah, yeah. That was my brain baby. And um, so it's called Morbid Curiosities, which is our production name. Um, so we just couldn't be any more creative than that. And we're like, Morbid Curiosities. I feel like we peaked with the anthology of erotic esoterica. So we're like, cool. we're just going to use this name we've been using for years. So Curiosities. It, it's is Curiosities. Like yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Tease. Yeah. And so it's it's variety. We actually uh, book folks from the Moisture Festival too. We just had Meg Austin um, in the last show. I know she was in the last Moisture Festival too. Um, there's burlesque. There's live music. There's variety. This next show in December, December 9th. Um, have puppets i love puppets i don't what? know if you ever did any of the shows with puppets but i'm such a sucker for puppets. well you've seen the monkey bugs so yeah who's the puppet artist you're having as zelda starfire she's also part of hers and hymns and they do like crankies so she has like a, a violinist that'll play and she'll she has like the cranky puppets it's really oh, that's cool, cool. nice yeah. Yeah. And so you can check that out on, of course, your website. And uh, yeah, I watched, I looked at pictures of the show and it looks amazing. Yeah. Did you see him cut my clothes off? Yeah. Well, I saw the picture of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Um, even though it's in West Seattle, not White Center. Right, not White Center. <laughs> even though it'd be way cooler if it was in White Center, because White Center is cooler than West Seattle. Right, right. It's it's grimier. Yeah. Um, the only thing is the the venue is um, cozy, and so we sold out the last time. I have a feeling that we're probably going to continue to sell out. So it's a very how many seat venue is it? we fit 61 in there last time and it wasn't comfortable. So we are capping it at like 50, 55 and okay. standing room. So it's pretty small, but it's full. So if you're going to go get tickets early. Yeah. Now, is there like when you're doing these shows that are sort of very intimate, you know, 50, 70 people, and you go to a venue like the moisture festival where it's 300 people, is there like a psyche change that you're like, do you have to get yourself psyched up for something that is it more comfortable? Like walk us through a- that. The vibe's different for sure. Like, like, cause, uh, like anthology and, and morbid curiosities, it's very intimate. And so like, you can do like more nuanced things that like a big audience won't see. So mm. I think that's the difference is like, and you're further away at those big venues. It's just, it's just a little different. So I like to tweak my acts, um, a bit or pick acts that are good for a bigger venue. Like you can't do close magic when you're. Yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the true. same thing. <laughs> so many people yeah. try though so. yeah, is there, yeah do you have to like when you come out because you're you're pretty different than a lot of the sort of burlesque traditional burlesque artists that i've i've seen Boy, and do you do you have to like is there something that you have to do in the beginning to sort of like shift that sort of view like of them watching this sort of traditional to something like a little bit more macabre i think my husband is really good at when he hosts he's really good at doing that and it's i haven't found a good way to do it. And I've just kind of accepted that people are going to love me or they're going to hate me. Like, like, <laughs> like that's how it's going to be. And it's like, I'm not for everyone. And so it is a little rough, like, you know, at the end during curtain call, when people are like, yeah, that person was my favorite character in that favorite movie of mine. And then they're like, oh, there's this crazy chick that covered herself in blood. Yeah. Well, I think that is, that is the true definition of performance art. It's like yeah. people yeah. either hate it or they love it. I've accepted that. Like that's, that's the space I'm in. And also as you get older, you're like, oh, okay. But also, like, I'd rather have someone have an opinion versus like, eh. yeah, yeah, true. Um, I'm like, I was in Mopop, damn it. Like, <laughs> Wait, hang on, you were in Mopop? So like right before the pandemic, we um, organized their big opening for the tattoo. Uh, like it was like they had Prince and the Purple Rain um, oh. exhibition. That's the word I'm looking for. The gotcha. Purple Rain exhibition. And then after that was the tattoo exhibition. And so some of the people that work there are fans of ours and they love our shows. And so they pitched that. We should organize the um, performance art. So we did. It was really fun. And then um, also I got a display about the anthology and me. And so there's a picture of me and the girls um, that was in this this exhibition about tattoo culture. And there's a really cool picture of Spooky doing, I think, um, where where they create themselves as a bird and use like uh, needles with feathers on them and then pierce mm-hmm. their arms so they look like oh bird. cool as was a really cool picture of that and a write-up about the anthology and our art and stuff that we do and so that was like the last weekend in february enter the pandemic so your exhibition was there for a long time yeah the <laughs> longest <laughs> exhibition ever of mopop yeah where nobody could go see it so it was just like <laughs> of course this makes perfect sense uh it was really fun but the funny part about that was we did the live performance and so there's a picture of me like kind of naked in this exhibition, but the guy organizing the live art was like, mm, no pasties, like, no, no. And I'm like, you know, my girls are like in the <laughs> exhibition, right? 
like they're gonna see it anyways but he's like no 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 so we uh got really creative and uh we got a giant conga line of jump in the line because i had a live band with me and so that's that's the performance art i did that night was jump in the line and got the whole crowd to to jump in a conga line with me that's awesome and are they going to bring that exhibition back or is that just one and done they've moved on one month viewing yeah it was sad i was like of course i have all this great pr people were like emailing me throughout the pandemic and they did see it like when's anthology coming back and i'm like well you did it yeah it happened i survived well of course thank you for your time thank you for uh, your contributions to the moisture festival and the seattle community uh, everything that you're doing and you're doing you're doing a show where you're actually paying people which is amazing thanks for that and uh keep creating awesome stuff and go see morbid curiosities at west seattle slash white center (laughs) two finger social folks all right thanks for thanks so much thanks for having me That's it for today, folks. Want to thank you so much for listening. If you want to check out more information like who's performing, how to volunteer, how to contribute, be sure to go to the Moisture Festival website, which is moisturefestival.org. If you like this podcast, you can check out the podcast that Matt and I do called the Odd and Offbeat Podcast. You can get on all of the podcast places, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and where we talk about weird news stories of the day. It's a good time. Yeah. If you like this podcast, you will love that because it is all things weird. (laughs) (laughs) And that has links to my personal page and Louis Fox's personal page if you want to follow what we do individually. So we want to thank all of the performers, donors, sponsors, volunteers who put on the Moisture Festival. It really takes a village to make this thing happen. Absolutely. We want to thank you for listening and we want to thank you in advance for coming out to the Moisture Festival. So be sure to check out the Moisture Festival site. They also have a Facebook page, an Instagram page, and a YouTube page to see how you can get involved and be a part of this year's or next year's Moisture Festival. We want to thank you so much for listening to today's podcast and we hope to see you soon. See you later. Thank you for listening to Moisture Festival Podcast and stay moist.